0: You're a good Dancing is forbidden. Dance, dance, dance. Dancing is forbidden. Dance, 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 dance. Dancing is forbidden. Dance, dance,
1: dance, dance. Dancing is forbidden. Dance, 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 dance. Dancing is forbidden. Dance, 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 dance. Dancing is forbidden. running crew. Welcome to Dancing is Forbidden and Aqua Teen Hunger Force Exploration. I am Ronnie. On this podcast, I am watching through every Aqua Teen episode, and the episode that we watch today is Season 1, Episode 12, Circus.
2: Well, when a man and a woman love each other, physically, outside of a bar. World bar.
1: Circus airing November 17th, 2002. And featuring Matt Malero doing the voice of Randy, The Astonishing. So a very fun episode. I really have a soft spot for this one. So I'm excited to talk about it. But before we get into that, as always, we have some other things to touch on. For news this week, Aqua Teen News, not a whole lot. Um, The final season of Squidbillies was announced, which will air November 7th at midnight. Which I bring that up because Dave Willis, co-creator of Aqua Teen, co-created Squidbillies as well. And that's important because it means that Dave Willis is freed up to do maybe some other things. Who knows what those might be? Interesting to note here that Dave Willis did retweet a Squidbillies Twitter post saying that they knew it was going to get canceled since early 2019. So this Squidbillies cancellation isn't really a revelation for these guys. They knew it was coming for uh, over two years now but it's finally here. And I'll talk more about Squidbillies once that pops up in our timeline here. I think it came out in like 2005, 2006. So, you know, another couple more seasons and, and we'll talk about Squidbillies. Otherwise, I know a few of you are following the Aqua Teen Hunger Force Rabot Rebuilt. I just want to touch on and say that as of this recording, as of the spreadsheet that is available, 30 of the 71 scenes are complete on that. So... I think we'll be seeing this recreation of Rabot sooner than later. Of course, when it's done, we'll talk about it here. And that's it for news. I actually don't really have any community things to talk about here. We don't have any new voice messages, which is a first. Kind of crazy how long we went getting consistent voice messages. So I thank you guys for that. If you would like to leave a voice message, anything pertaining to Aqua Teen, either your origin story with the show, any funny anecdotes about it, or your impersonations, whatever, Feel free to check the link in the show notes or head to speakpipe.com slash dancing is forbidden to send more of those my way. I'll mention real quick, if you follow me on social media, I posted, I work at Target, as I've said before, and we got new name tags, which have a disgusting amount of blank space on them, just white space between your name and the Target logo. So I put a little Meatwad sticker on there and lots of people enjoyed that. Haven't gotten any comments at work about it yet, but I don't work with customers, really. So I think that's probably a part of it. But still, I would have suspected somebody would say something. But unfortunately, nobody has yet. Oh, well. I have that sticker because, as I said, I'm putting together stickers for anybody who supports the show on Patreon. So if you would like to get a chance at getting some Aqua Teen stickers and Dancing is Forbidden podcast stickers... Check out the Patreon. I'll have those out within the next month or two for sure. So since we have a little block of time here that's normally taken up by community stuff, I would like to take the moment to bring up two other podcasts I'd like to shout out. First up, I've talked about this show a lot on on my podcast here called The You Show Show. I posted about it in my stories on Instagram, but I was featured on that show for two episodes. I showed the host Calvin, an album that I like. Jordan the Comeback by Prefab Sprout and he showed me an album that he likes in the next episode Meriwether Post Pavilion by Animal Collective so if you would like to hear us talk about those albums it was my first time hearing the full Animal Collective album and it was his first time ever hearing about Prefab Sprout so definitely check out the You Show show but as I've said before Calvin has an episode where him and a different friend are talking about the Aquatine 2007 film. So if you'd like to listen to that, I really enjoyed it. I, I would like to reiterate that I did not know Calvin beforehand. I, I found him through his podcast episode and he checked out my show. so we kind of started talking that way. But yeah, check out the You show show. It's a really fun idea where the host and a guest are showing each other new things. It's very exciting to listen to. And Calvin and I are in the talks to do another episode together where we will be debating between the two historically bad films the room and troll 2 trying to figure out which one i guess is is the is the best worst film or something along those lines we'll figure it out but i think that'll be a fun discussion because those kinds of bad movies are something i'm very interested in and i think as like aqua teen fans adult swim fans if you haven't seen either of those movies chop chop get on it what are you doing and then the second podcast I'd like to shout out real quick is Booyah 90s Now. I discovered it because when I launched Dancing is Forbidden, I was looking up other new podcast episodes that were covering Aqua Teen. And around the same time, they had one covering Dumber Dolls. So I checked that episode out and I really fell in love with it. Been listening through a lot of their back catalog. There's over 100 episodes. So if you want to hear two super fun, insightful, and, and just honest guys talk about old this old stuff and how it makes them feel as per their words... They're very just incredibly honest about their lives and stuff. It's, it's really interesting on, on a human level to hear them talk to each other about how how the content makes them react and kind of them trying to figure out why it makes them react a certain way. But at the same time, it's it's all super fun. So I would definitely suggest checking out Booyah Nineties now. It's been my favorite podcast discovery this year, probably just because they have so many episodes and they cover so many topics that I really enjoy. And it was crazy because I reached out to one of the hosts, Rob, on Twitter. I found his Twitter account and I was like, all right, I got to say something because I've been loving this show. So I tweeted at him and I felt like how I was bugging him, I was harassing him. But he actually checked out this show, Dancing is Forbidden, and shouted it out on Booyah, which was nuts. I was at work doing whatever the fuck I'm doing like, putting stuff on shelves and I just like freeze like deer in the headlights when I hear him mention that. I was like, what the heck? I did not expect him to check out my show. So yeah, if you're looking for something new to listen to, something conversational, definitely check out Booyah 90s Now. But of course, also the You Show Show because those conversations are great as well. Okay, so that's two podcasts I love. I think we're all wrapped up here. Guys, what in the world is going on November 17th, 2002? Let's check it out. Zooming his way to the top of the box office this week at breakneck speeds on his Nimbus 2000, we have Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets bringing in $88 million. Yes, little Harry Potter with his second film bringing in a 7.4 out of 10 on IMDb and an 82% on Rotten Tomatoes. Harry, you're a box office hit, Harry. (laughs) You're a cash cow, Harry. What, me? I'm a little cash cow. Yes, Harry, you're a cash cow, Harry. We've got cash cow Harry Potter... I actually read those books later in life. My now fiance really liked them when we started dating. And I'm like, all right, I'll I'll read these. I'm like, I'll read one a year for every year that we're together. And then I ended up reading them all in like two months. I I got really into those books. And I loved them a lot. I really liked those Harry Potter books. Uh, Not so crazy on the first few. I think the third was my least favorite, Prisoner of Azkaban. And then the fourth, Goblet of Fire, was my favorite. And then I liked I liked the whole end run of the books as well. I liked the way that they got darker in tone, a little bit more adult as, as the readers grew up. So not crazy about the beginning books. But when I went back to watch the films with her, oh, baby, I do not like these movies at all. I do not think they did a good job, honestly. And I know a lot of people like them, and that's great. I don't want to take that away from anybody, but I feel like compared to the books, they just did not do a good job whatsoever. That's just my opinion, but... the I can't get into specifics these days because it was, you know, five years ago that I read the books. But I remember they just changed the most arbitrary things that didn't make sense. Like, look, I understand they can't have everything that was in the books. Of course, that's not what I'm expecting. But they even changed dialogue that makes no sense to change, that completely makes the characters seem different and just just silly things like that. So I'm not crazy about these movies. But hey, at the time, America loved them. This thing kicked eight miles to the fucking curb with this 88 mil... And that's just in the United States alone, I think. I've got two IMDb tidbits here for us that I found quite intriguing. First one is Daniel Radcliffe was initially only offered £125,000, approximately $181,500, for this movie. The Actors' Union Equity stepped in and negotiated new terms, which increased his salary to roughly £2 million, or $3 million USD. So they tried to shortchange old Danny Radcliffe here, only wanted to give him, you know, less than $200,000. But luckily, these equity guys are, are quite good. And they stepped in and helped this little fella get a cool $3 million, which is quite a step up from less than two hundred grand. Oh, my God. And then our next tidbit here is Richard Harris, Professor Albus Dumbledore, died a few weeks before this movie's release. So this will be the last film, I think, with the original actor playing Dumbledore. I know they swapped him in the early run of the films. And this is why, because he passed away, unfortunately. So I actually have a shared crew member here between Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets and Aqua Teen Hunger Force, but there's a bit of an asterisk here because this just seems sketchy to me. But this is what IMDB is telling me, that Janine Harnd, who worked on around 12 episodes of Aquatine on the second and third seasons, it looks like. She did all sorts of things on Aqua Teen, compositing and effects, special effects, animation. Apparently she was a roto-slash-prep artist, MPC, uncredited on Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. But guys, that's her entire work history, according to IMDb, is of like 10 Aqua Teen episodes, and then Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. So I don't know if I believe that. I feel like something is awry here, but it's on IMDb, so I I, I guess it's true, but if she's uncredited on Harry Potter, then I don't know. But it that's it, just weird. Why would you make that up? That's just strange, because she hasn't done anything since, so... Who knows? But yes, yeah, supposedly according to IMDB, Janine Harnd was featured on both Aqua Teen Hunger Force and Harry Potter in the Chamber of Secrets. That's it for films. No no real television news that I felt was worth talking about that I found at least. So moving on to music, our number one Billboard Top 100 single is Mom Spaghetti himself, Eminem with Lose Yourself yet again. We talked about it last week. So if you want to hear me talk about Eminem a lot, go check out the 11th episode of this podcast covering Bad Replicants. We go all into that there. And then for our Top Billboard 200 album this week, we have...
2: I'm gonna clean this whole shit out like colonics. What well, words put together better than Sony Electronics. King of the jungle, humbly stay honest. Eat with the lions, swim with piranhas. Gasoline sing, strike the match. Inferno, I'm too thorough, niggas will so stand back. I spit shine.
1: The album is the 8 Mile soundtrack. This song I chose is Spit Shine by Xzibit because we've talked about him in our past two episodes. This makes it three for three. Watch out, Jennifer Lopez, because someone's coming for your record on the Dancing is Forbidden pop culture section. Yeah, so no surprise that this album that had Lose Yourself on it is top of the charts right now because Lose Yourself, this is its second week as the top dog, and the film last week was the top film. But this soundtrack actually has various artists on it. It's not all Eminem. There's there's a few Eminem songs on it, but there's a lot of other artists too. We have Obie Trice, 50 Cent, Jay-Z, Macy Gray, Nas, all sorts of people on this thing. So I haven't listened to the whole thing, but when I was skipping around, it sounded good enough cool of all these other artists to get a little spot on this, on this hit album, although some of these guys don't need it, such as Jay-Z. But hey, Eminem doesn't mind making you even bigger, Jay-Z. He's, he's such a nice guy. So the success of this album actually spawned a follow-up soundtrack called More Music from 8 Mile, which featured songs that were big during the time period that 8 Mile was set in, which was 1995. So this is all songs released around 95 or rather before it. Featuring artists such as Mob Deep, Notorious B.I.G., Tupac, Outkast, Old Dirty Bastard, Wu Tang Clan, The Far Side, all sorts of big artists on this more music from Eight Mile soundtrack. But back to the Eight Mile soundtrack that we're talking about, music from and inspired by the motion picture. It seems these days it's not that well regarded, but I feel like that's the case with most various artists released for movies. It's kind of hit and miss. You know, there's some good songs. There's some not good songs. What are you going to do? Moving on to our alternative track this week. It is something we've heard, we've talked about. It is Nirvana's You Know You're Right. I think I talked about that back in episode 10, Dumber Dolls. So go there if you want to hear me talk about that Nirvana song. And that's it for music the week of November 17th, 2002. Since this section was so short, since we already discussed a lot of these songs in the previous weeks, I was like, all right, let me look up something else that came out around this period. I found a pioneering black metal band that I hadn't really checked out a whole lot of, but I grew up loving black metal music. I found that. I was like, oh, I'll talk about this album. This sounds pretty cool. I'm like, wait a second. This guy used to be a black metal guy. Let me, let, me, let me run a background check. And sure enough, there's some questionable neo-Nazi tendencies. So I'm like, all right, I'm not going to talk about that. So let's move on to our video games this week. What was blowing up? And oh, Bubby, was it blowing up? We got some good stuff to talk about here, guys. First up, we have beloved Nintendo game Metroid Prime coming out November 17th, this exact day. And I have a commercial for you guys that aired on Adult Swim this exact night for Metroid Prime. Let's hear this commercial.
0: Get primed. November 18th.
1: Metroid Prime coming to the GameCube. So that commercial said November 18th. And I looked it up and everything I'm seeing says the 17th. So maybe they just did that to be safe. But then I went back to the previous week in Adult Swim commercials. And they had a Prime commercial as well. And that one said November 20th. So I don't know what was going on with these dates for this game. But from what I can see, it definitely came out the 17th. I don't know why the commercials are getting it wrong. I think a better safe than sorry approach. They're just telling people to pick it up a, a day later or something like that. I don't know. I have not played any Metroid Prime games. I bought a Switch back in 2017 when they announced Metroid Prime 4. When they, or that They were working on it, and that still has not been announced yet. It's not out yet. But I will play Metroid Prime 4 when that one comes out. I've I've played around a little bit with the platformer Metroid games. I know, I know Metroid Dread just came out for the Switch in the, this past week, I think. And that game seems to be getting good reviews. So I hope people are enjoying that right now. But yeah, I haven't played any Metroid games. I know people love them who have played them. Actually, that's not true. I had, for the DS, I had some sort of Metroid demo game that I played a bit of, but you could only do so much in it. That was pretty fun. And then my buddy had the full game on his DS, which Nintendo DS had a thing called Download Play or something like that. So he had the cartridge. I was able to kind of download a section of the game and play it with him. So we were able to do the versus mode in that which is using your DS to play like an FPS, try to shoot each other kind of thing. So that was pretty fun. I mean, the world of Metroid looks interesting and I'll definitely play it when it comes to Switch. But enough of that game I haven't played. Let's talk about a game that I absolutely have played the shit out of and I adore the entire series of. On this day in history, sneaking into your Xbox with his three green goggles on, we have Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell Stealth Action Redefined, a series I absolutely adore. This game I have played, I have beat, and I played it, I want to say, five years ago, probably, and really enjoyed it. I truly love these kinds of stealth games where you're sneaking around, you're a bad boy, getting into spots you're not supposed to be in, and killing people if you have to, but you, you want to avoid. And yeah, I just, I can't believe that I get to talk about this series on uh, Dancing is Forbidden here because I figured something like this would come out when a new episode of Aqua Teen didn't come out. So very lucky here. My history with Splinter Cell, I started with the third game, Chaos Theory, but I played it on my 3DS. So real quick, let me just tell this story since we're ahead of schedule here on the podcast. So when I got my Nintendo 3DS, I got it because they had announced a new Pokemon game and me and my friend both got 3DSs in preparation so that we could play the new game and battle each other and all that bullshit. And... With my 3DS from Walmart, I got, a, I got to pick a free game. So I picked Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell 3D. Because I'm like, hey, this is some bullshit shooter game. I could probably sell this at GameStop and get some money off my new Pokemon game whenever that comes out. And so I took it to GameStop a couple weeks later. I had it wrapped up everything. I'm like, ooh, I'll get at least 10 bucks for this bad boy. And the guy looks at me. He's like, well, I can't buy it new. But if you open it and come back later, I can buy it for $1. Like, one fucking dollar? Are you serious? Fuck that. I'll keep the game. Whatever. I'll play this stupid shooter game. So I plop it into the 3DS. At the time, we didn't have cable or internet or anything like that. So I really didn't have anything to do at night during my free time there. And yeah, I was just like engrossed by this game. It was not a bullshit shooter game. It's, you know, a stealth game. You sneak through the levels. Now, playing on the 3DS is probably not the ideal way, but I really just fell in love with the the atmosphere of the games and the gameplay so I went on to play Chaos Theory, which is what Splinter Cell 3D is a port of. It's it's just Chaos Theory onto the 3DS. Eventually played that on the computer. I, I own almost all the games. And cool story is from streaming on Twitch, I met a guy who worked on the latest Splinter Cell game, Blacklist, which came out in 2013. So that's been a hot minute. But I loved that game, at least the co-op aspect of it. And the good thing is he worked on the co-op aspect specifically, so I didn't have to worry about hurting his feelings for not liking the single player. But yeah, just crazy. I I got to play through some levels with him, and he would tell me all the background information and stuff, all the stories he had working on that game. So really just crazy. I just really love the Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell franchise. I got into some of the other Tom Clancy games, but Splinter Cell is... That's that's my baby. That's the one that I like the most. And recently, supposedly, they're working on a new game at Ubisoft after almost 10 years. But I'm not holding my breath. We hear rumors like this somewhat frequently. This This seems to be a little bit more concrete, but we'll see. And even if they do finally come out with one, I mean, it, it probably won't be that good, if I'm being honest. But hey, back to this first game. This is the game that kicked off the entire franchise. And these games were big back in the day. They were putting one out almost every single year. And eventually they lost their way. They, they focused less on the stealth aspect, the uh, hiding in the shadows aspect, and focused more on just guns a-blazing, running around, shooting things, which you know isn't the point of these games. But this first game was really innovative in the way it had a light meter. So based on how dark your character was, how out of the light you were... It meant that the NPCs around were less likely to detect you and stuff, and it's just a very fun game, really ahead of its time, and I think still holds up today. So if you haven't played a Splinter Cell game, I wouldn't start with this first one. I'd probably just jump right into Chaos Theory. But yes, uh, as you can tell, a lot of love for these games, and I hope the new one doesn't suck. All right, so it's the night of November 17th, 2002. You're stuck on the oil rig mission on Splinter Cell. Can't get through it. You just saw Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets earlier in the day. It's time to relax with some TV. You flip on, Adult Swim, what's coming on this night? Well, let's find out. First off, we got the classic home movies at 10 p.m. with a new episode called Broken Dreams.
2: Attention swimmers, we've got an all new home movies. My arm's broken, remember? Your arm is protected by a cast safer than it was before now get in there
1: after that at 10:30, we got something new to talk about we have the only episode of saddle rash airing so saddle rash was a western themed comedy obviously animated series on adult swim at this period and the pilot originally aired march 24th, 2002 but this is our first time having it air and us talking about it and it was created by lauren bouchard who co-created home movies worked on dr Katz. you know went on to create bob's burgers But this was something he was working on in tandem with Home Movies. And it featured a really incredible cast of voice actors. It had H. John Benjamin, of course, as most Lauren Bouchard productions. It had Mitch Hedberg as one of the last things he did before he tragically passed away in 2005. One of my favorite comedians, Todd Berry, who later went on to be an Aqua Teen. So when we get there, I can nerd out about him there. So I'll save it right now. Of course, Mitch Hedberg, one of my favorites as well. But it also had Sam Cedar, who was also in home movies, Sarah Silverman, just a big cast. And I went and watched the episode in preparation to talk about it here. And it was alright. I have to say my favorite moments were when Todd Berry and Mitch Hedberg were talking to each other. Because how could that not be hilarious? Overall, the episode felt pretty slow, and I can see why it wasn't picked up. But it's kind of a shame, because I'm sure if they were able to make more of these, they could have gotten it better. But I think just the setting wasn't particularly interesting. But with an incredible cast, I really wish they could have at least made a few episodes of this so we could see where it would have went. But yeah, you can you can watch it on YouTube. That's where I watched it. Saddle Rash. At least check out the scene with Todd Barry and Mitch Hedberg's characters because that was just some funny, I assume, improv between the two. Just super conversational in nature. And I wish the two of them could have gotten to act together in more things. Because they're really quite similar in their stand-up. They have different delivery styles, but their humor is very similar. And yeah, just a shame that Mitch Hedberg passed away as soon as he did. So that's Saddle Rash, one-off show. After that, at 11 p.m., we have C-Lab 2021 with a new episode, Bizarro, which is a very popular episode of the show. Check out the podcast, What a Cartoon. They do a great episode talking about this episode of C-Lab 2021. Lots of great information there. And I listened to their podcast. I have not seen the episode itself, but their podcast covers it. The same way that I cover these Aqua Teen episodes, basically. And, yeah, it sounds like an absolutely wacky good time. So if you're a C-Lab fan, I'm sure you've seen that episode. I'm sure you probably love it as well. I'd like to note that Dave Willis appears in that episode as Bizarro Dr. Quinn. After C-Lab, hmm, wonder what we have.
2: Aqua Teen Hunger Force tonight at 11.15. That's right.
1: That bump, of course, from this very night, November 17th, we have Aqua T. Hunger Force new episode, Circus, as you know. After that, at 11.30, we have The Brack Show with Runaway, which is another new episode. Then Space Ghost at 11.45 with Sweet for Brack, which is not a new episode. After that, another Ripping Friends at Midnight with The Ovulator, a new episode. And then at 12.30, wrapping up the night, we have The Oblongs with Narcoleptic Scotty, which is not a new episode. It aired back in 2001, and it is the second episode of the show. As I mentioned on Monday, my fiancé and I recorded a podcast of us talking about this episode of Oblongs. If you would like to check that out, just head over to patreon.com dancingisforbidden to sign up for that at the $5 level. Kind of a similarity there in that the Oblongs is about characters with either deformations or disabilities, and this episode of Aqua Teen Circus... ...is all about Meatwad's, I guess, uniqueness and his, quote, freakiness, as well as shakes that Randy the Astonishing uses for financial gain. So, all right, guys, that's our night in Adult Swim. This week, we have Home Movies, Saddle Rash, C-Lab 2021, Aqua Teen, The Brack Show, Space Ghost, The Ripping Friends, and The Oblongs. Not too different from last week, but that's to be expected Saddle Rash in that spot they seem to be swapping out their one-off pilots that never made it to full production and I think Saddle Rash is probably the best and it definitely has the biggest cast and the biggest writing crew on it with Lauren Bouchard with H. John Benjamin credited I assume for some ad-libs he did. So yeah, that that's enough of that. Let's jump into this episode of Aquatine Circus. Check it out. all right how we doing everybody it's that time of the show where i want to give some shout outs to our new patrons who signed up at patreon.com dancing is forbidden thank you matthew b and my mom dawn neely for signing up at the five dollar tier where they receive extra episodes every month currently there's one in there of me talking about the bragg shows bragg street the same style i talk about aqua Teen and cutting up the clips talking about it, describing some stuff. And of course, like I already said, there's the new episode of my fiance and I talking about the Oblongs, not in this typical podcast style that you guys know me for, but it was fun to try something new. And then next week on the Patreon, we're going to have a new episode in the normal podcast style covering C-Lab 2021's The Legend of Baggy Pants, which I'm very excited about because I haven't seen a full C-Lab episode in over 15 years. So that'll be a lot of fun to check out. So thank you guys for that. I really appreciate that. And of course, everyone else who has already signed up. There are three levels you can sign up to the $1 tier, which gets you a shout out on the show, the $5 tier gets you that as well as extra episodes, and then the $10 tier gets you all of that. And then you get to vote on the episodes I cover. I know not a whole lot in there right now. So again, thank you so much to everybody who signed up because as a podcast listener, I realize it's not super compelling. But of course, it's about supporting the show, allowing me to do this in the way that I need to. So I really appreciate that. Again, I'm actively working on some new things for you guys, some new ideas I have. That allows me to get content out quicker so I can get you more than one thing every month, but it doesn't take me, you know, 10 plus hours to do so. So thank you guys for sticking with me. Like I said, I'm also working on stickers. I have a bunch of them already and I'm just waiting on some samples of the Dancing is Forbidden stickers I made to see that those look good so I can order those and then get them sent out to any patrons who are signed up and would like to give me their shipping address. I don't know why I said that so weird. That probably makes you guys not want to send your address. But all right. Thanks for listening. I hope your week is going fantastically, regardless of if you're a patron or not. If you would like to sign up for our Discord, which is free to do so, you don't have to be a patron to do that. Feel free to check the show notes. Come chat with us. We have some great conversations there, which I really appreciate. Some really in-depth stuff, which I am enjoying the hell out of. So thank you guys for joining that. And hey, hmm, let's talk about circus. How about hmm, let's get to it, huh?
2: Parents strongly caution, the following programs are intended for mature audiences over the age of 18. These programs may contain some material that many parents would not find suitable for children and may include intense violence, sexual situations, coarse language, and suggestive dialogue.
1: Circus, of course, airing November 17, 2002. It originally aired with a PGL rating for language, but now when it airs it has a PGDL rating, which is... Dialogue in language. So, this episode features Matt Malero as Randy, and of course, Matt is a co creator of the show, writer on the show, all that good stuff, but he does voice some characters occasionally, such as Err and the cybernetic ghost of Christmas Past from the Future, which I can't wait to talk about that one as well. So, jumping into the Cold Open, the Dr. Weird skit, not going to play this one because it's mostly visual and it's pretty short. Basically, we start with Dr. Weird, of course, saying, Gentlemen, behold, the garage door opens up in the lab, and then it's just corn on a, on a table. He says, corn! Steve is all like, oh, okay, and then he goes to eat it. At which point, the corn on the table starts shaking. Dr. Weird says, let the mating begin, and the corn, like, individual cobs stand up, and then they stab Steve, which sends him flying to the rabbit hole in the wall. And that's the whole thing. Just really nonsensical, and honestly, not worth playing, but but fun to watch. So definitely, I mean, of course, you're going to watch this episode, or you've seen it. So check it out. That brings us to the Aqua Teen episode proper, where we open right to Shake, this vocal coming in hot saying, Come on, Meatwad, get your stuff. We're going to camp. He's taking Meatwad to camp. He's such a nice guy. Let's check it out.
0: Come on, Meatwad, get your things. It's time to go to camp. top, oh boy, top!
1: What kind of camp?
0: You know what camp with the computer <laughs> camp.
2: <laughs> wow, Shake. That, that's very generous of you. You
0: know how I am, Frylock. Part of my selfless nature. <laughs> Meatwad, get this back! <laughs> what? What? I got air holes? I, it, it's a joke! It's a joke! Oh, come on! Don't get in that bag, you little
1: meat! So, when we open, Shake is in the living room near the hallway telling Meatwad it's time to go to camp. And this entire scene, we just know Shake is up to something. We know this isn't legitimate. He's not actually being nice to Meatwad, there's some ulterior motive here. And just, yeah, Shake is up to something. And it's obviously not in his character to do anything nice for Meatwad. We cut to Meatwad, who's in his room. This kind of inter-room conversation is a nice touch and not something we've seen much of until now. However, Meatwad doesn't appear to be doing anything in his room. He's just standing there. But still, I appreciate it that when it cuts between the characters, we see Shake in the hallway and Meatwad in his bedroom. Shake reveals that his computer camp that he's taking Meatwad to, which he kind of comes up with off the top of his head. And Froelich is impressed by this. Shake says this is how it's part of his selfless nature, which is then immediately juxtaposed by him telling Meatwad to get into a shopping bag, or I suppose it's, it's like a gift bag on the floor. The bag is a cool mint green color, and it's a bit crumpled. It's uh, probably been used before. Frylock is obviously not having Shake telling Meatwad to get in the bag, even though Shake assures Frylock there are air holes in it. I just love that Shake genuinely thinks, oh, like there's air holes in it. I'm a nice guy. Like He'll, he'll be fine. There's air holes, dude. Not that making a living creature such as Meatwad get into this shopping bag is messed up but yeah shake plays it off as a joke telling meatwad not to get in it quote you little meat which is a really cute term i have to admit i really like he calls him oh you little meat but off the bat again we know something is up here and this short scene is shotgunning us quickly to the bulk of the episode so let's see what shake really has in store for meatwad in this next clip
0: now you stay in that bag so is this where camp is? yes Now give me a hug, but keep the bag on, okay? Smells like mama. Shut up! The counselor is about to count for you and he will send you right back home if you talk and you'll never learn RAM. Whoa!
1: We get a great cut from get out of that bag, you little meat, and then to, and you stay in that bag. This is the shake we've come to expect. Obviously, we knew this is what he had in mind from the beginning. The bagged wad and shake are in an alley by an overflowing dumpster, and we see some unbroken down cardboard boxes to the top left. An old banana peel to the bottom right. And I like that this environment isn't just for show. It actually comes into play in the next clip. But before we get too ahead of ourselves, according to Meatwad, this place smells like vomit. Meatwad still being in the bag implies Shake carried him there in the bag, which really isn't like Shake. I'm not sure that he would take on this extra work to carry Meatwad. And I question if he would even be able to carry Meatwad any extended distance. So kind of raises some questions here. If anything, you'd expect Meatwad to pull Shake there in the danger cart. Shake starts telling Meatwad not to talk because he'll get in trouble and never learn RAM. Which is funny, just throwing out a random computer term. I'm pretty computer savvy and I'm not really sure what learning RAM would entail beyond learning what RAM is. But maybe that's what he meant. I don't know. If we have any computer whizzes listening, please let me know what you think he's talking about. Because I don't know. As the two are talking, we see a yellow tentacle-like appendage slowly creeping towards them. And then it's revealed that it's pulling along a shady-looking alien creature. He's wearing a tan trench coat and matching fedora. He has five o'clock shadow on his face, as well as random hairs growing out of his neck. Just a real creepy monster that comes in here. And we see he has no arms, and there's a smaller tentacle hanging underneath the main one. Shake is disturbed by this, which is the whoa we hear him yell out, so... Let's see what this strange creature has to say.
3: Well, I can't stop. I can't see the
2: Oh, hello. (laughs) Uh, Who are you? I'm Randy the Astonishing. What, you see something you like down there? What? No! Hey, you got my money, Randy? That depends. You got my merchandise?
0: Yeah, I got the merchandise. Check it out. How liberal! <laughs> he said he was
2: a mountain of meat.
0: Well, look, he's young, man. He'll grow! Look at
2: this. Does this look like what you're selling to We're me? Not
0: right yet. I mean, you gotta say these special magic words. Magic words,
1: <laughs> So, Meatwad peeks out of the bag, asking why Shake stopped talking, because again, Shake said, Whoa! At that point, we see the creature, and then Meatwad sinks back into the bag. <laughs> Shake asks who the creature is. He reveals he's Randy the Astonishing. Again, Randy is voiced by Matt Malero, co-creator of the show and voice of characters such as Ur. Er. Shake is clearly staring at Randy's long appendage that he uses for locomotion, but claims he isn't despite the fact that we can see you know his eyes are transfixed on this thing. And his eyes are huge, so it's, it's hard to miss. So the scene moves in a less scary direction with Shake asking Randy if he has his money. And I want to mention this entire time Meatwad's face is barely visible outside the bag. Randy has Shake's money, depending on if Shake has the merchandise. We now know what's going on here, right? Shake is selling Meatwad to Randy. And Randy's appendage lowers the bag a bit so we can see Meatwad's face, which is when Meatwad says, How are you doing? Which is a great comedic relief to this scene because it's, it's pretty tense so far still. It's revealed that Shake advertised Meatwad as a mountain of meat. And Shake says he'll grow. You know, he's he's still young. But Randy isn't buying it. And re- then Randy brings out a 50s kind of sci-fi inspired circus poster that is headlined Meat Mountain. It shows a giant meat creature holding a car with tiny people falling out of it. There is a little blurb that says, strange but true, and we see a bunch of people fleeing from it at the bottom. Real missed opportunity for Adult Swim not to sell these prints, in my opinion. We start to realize that Shake is selling Meatwad to the circus, so yeah, that's what's going on here. At the end of that clip, Shake picks up a discarded office supply ad off the ground and says Randy has to say the special words on the ad for Meatwad to turn into Meat Mountain, Meatwad starts to question what Shake is talking about, at which point Shake jumps onto Meatwad slash the bag and squishes him to shut him up. So I really like there how they use the environment to move the scene forward because they're not just randomly in a messy alleyway filled with refuse. Shake actually uses it in the scene. And we also get kind of a callback to earlier in the episode when Shake is looking around trying to think of an excuse as to why Meatwad isn't big in the same way that he's kind of looking around at the beginning of the episode when... Frylock asks which camp he's going to or, or where he's taking him to. And then he's like, uh, 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 computer camp. And same situation here. He, he's just, uh, looking around. Oh, yeah, here, this piece of paper. These are the magic words. So there's a lot going on here. And I realize I'm sounding like a broken record having said this in the past few podcast episodes. But I really appreciate the pacing here and how quickly we're getting set up for the episode. I'm still in the mindset of earlier episodes, which meandered quite a bit and took a while to get things going. So definitely not the case here. And I had to split this scene up because it was quite long. So let's see if Shake is convincing Randy of Meatwad's powers. And also keep in mind that Shake just squished Meatwad. So we'll hear some of that cross dialogue at the beginning of the next clip.
0: Oh, my Now Where's my money? Here. Whoa, (laughs) Randy. Let your mom know when you came out. Did she freak?
1: You're not so
2: normal yourself, milkshake. You ever think about being weird? For a living.
0: Oh, me? Hell no! <laughs> That's for freaks! Not you, of course.
2: No, of course not me. Now you get the hell out of here before I rip out your brain.
0: Thank you, Randy. I was so shocked. on a rope. Yeah! <laughs> <man. laughs>
3: Inhale! <hell. laughs> I
1: want to point out that the garbage can says B422. Just in case anyone needs to know the numbers on that garbage can there. Obviously, no idea where that comes from but i'm sure there's some sort of significance to the production team there anyways randy apparently believes shake and hands him the money which is five one dollar bills which he hands him with his long appendage which is what kind of freaks shake out shake makes a disgusted remark about randy's body at which point randy shoves him into the dumpster with great strength randy suggests to shake that he should join the circus but shake says no because he isn't a freak but starts to walk it back as Randy continues to slowly approach him again after already pushing him. It's kind of nice to see Shake scared here, uh, legitimately scared for, for a good reason. Shake runs away thanking Randy and Meatwad says he'll see Shake in a week because he thinks he's going to camp, right? Shake says, I'll see you in a week in hell. And then Randy drags the bag with Meatwad in it away, which Meatwad comments on, hey, Randy, you're dragging me here. After this, we get a Schooly D transition, guys, which we haven't gotten since episode 7, Old Drippy. So it's been four episodes without one, when up until that point, we had been getting them pretty consistently.
3: Yo, man, they don't look like no computer kids, there. That means Uncle says
0: uncle's a worm,
1: baby. So Schooly D says, yo, man, there don't look like no computer kids there. Randy looks like his uncle's a worm, baby. (laughs) So I only say that because I had a hard time hearing it, so I'm just reading you guys off of the subtitles what's said, assuming that's correct. During the transition, we see a sign that says Randy, the Astonishing Circus of Oddities, which is superimposed over an outdoor circus scene from Scooby-Doo. We see some old-timey cars, circus trucks and trailers, an elephant, and then the giant white tent they're in. We go inside the tent here in our next clip where Randy is saying the special words that Shake handed him. I should mention beforehand by Randy and Meatwad, there is a cage covered in a hole-ridden bed sheet, which itself is covered in blood. It is shaking, and we hear a garbled voice coming out of it. There are also bones around the cage, so you'll hear that in the audio, too. That's why I bring it up.
2: All office furniture over 50% off. <laughs> All office furniture over 50% off. Hey, uh,
3: Randy? I don't know what's going on, but can I trade box? Because my room
2: well, all those his organs? Oh, that's inside out, boy. His mouth is in his belly, so he's got to slap at his vocal cords with his bladder in order to make words.
3: I, I, I don't like this count. Can I go all, <laughs> all off his
2: furniture over 50% off?
3: <laughs> well, that sounds like a good deal. Let's go get a recliner. Go into a mountain, <laughs> damn it. Terrify me. Nah, see, I don't do that. But I can do this. On this.
2: Ta-da! Ripped off again.
1: <laughs> I'm just saying if any bootleg t-shirt makers are listening, all office furniture over 50% off would be a cool Aqua Teen t-shirt. All I'm saying. Meatwad asks Randy if he can trade bunks because his roommate freaks him out. And then Randy explains how that's inside out boy. He has to slap at his vocal cords with his bladder in order to make words, which is impressive because the normal person can't control their bladder enough to do that, I don't think, if you were arranged in that way. But, uh... I guess Inside Out boys had a whole life to practice, right? Meatwad doesn't like the camp and has to go home. Dave Willis delivers this line really well, I feel like. You really feel for Meatwad with his voice breaking. He just sounds so sad. It really brings me back to being a kid and being held somewhere out of your control and just wanting to go home, like being stuck at a friend's house or family member's house or whatever. Nothing, not like a dangerous situation like this, but just wanting to go home and not being able to and having no control over it. I never went to camp, so I don't quite know the feeling of wanting to leave camp. But I'm sure I would have felt that way if I was ever made to go. Randy keeps repeating the magic words, which I love. He just, he just ignores Meatwad's request to go home and just aggressively tries to say the words again. And Meatwad happily says it sounds like a good deal. I like how the scene is swapped from being kind of scary and sad to humorous in this one moment. Meatwad fesses up that he can't turn into a mountain, but he can turn into a hot dog and an igloo, as we've seen before. Alongside the meat bridge, too, which he didn't show here. Randy reveals he's been ripped off again. It makes me wonder how else he's been ripped off, since all we see in this episode besides Meatwad is Inside Out Boy, which seems to be a pretty interesting circus attraction, honestly. Anyways, we head back to the Aqua Teens' house, where Frylock is showing Shake the toy computer he bought for Meatwad. Because again, Frylock thinks that Meatwad is at computer camp.
0: Shake, shake, look, look what I just bought for Meatwad. Here, here, press the space bar. Isn't that cute? It's a cow! Why does he get a computer? I'm the one with all the high-powered finances! <laughs> well, he's coming back from computer camp today, isn't he? Sure, if you want. Hey, show me how to unload my capital gains into a Roth IRS! Well, Jake,
2: that's not really a computer, it... Oh, no. No, you're doing it right. Wait, is that a bank statement?
0: No, oh, this is the bank statement. This is the counteroffer on a yacht that Don Henley once slept on. <laughs> oh, really?
2: <laughs> When did you get money?
0: When did you get all this attitude? Because I don't need it.
1: It's very sweet of Frylock to get Meatwad this toy computer. I love how caring Frylock is for Meatwad, as I've expressed before on this podcast. It's not something I actively remembered about the show before this rewatch, so every time I see it, it's just very heartwarming. But maybe it's not as prevalent in the later episodes. I don't know. We'll see. In this day and age, just seeing characters being nice to each other is kind of a treat, kind of noteworthy. As you can hear in the clip, it's not a real computer. However, Shake is insanely jealous that he didn't get anything. After all, he's the one with all the high-powered finances. Frelak is like, well, Meatwad's coming back from computer camp, right? And Shake just goes, sure, if you want, and continues on asking about the computer, which is a great sidestep that I really enjoyed. We get into some financial talk between the two. The joke here is that Shake thinks he has these finances because he got $5 for selling Meatwad. I'm not the best guy when it comes to talking about this stuff, but I know that a Roth IRS, I'm pretty sure, isn't a thing. I think he meant a Roth IRA, which is a funny joke. He doesn't even really know what he's talking about. And then, yeah, he reveals he has a counteroffer on the yacht that Don Henley once slept on. Frylock is just, oh, when did you get money? And then Shake, of course, deflects, oh, when did you get that attitude? Real quick, Don Henley, a musician, probably best known for his song, The Boys of Summer. and i love that it's not even a yacht that don henley owned or anything it's just that he slept on one time that's that's what shake is getting a counter offer on but anyways yeah the two are bickering and then you heard some abrupt noises at the end of the clip Carl just comes in and he has some news for them. So let's hear what our friend Carl has to say who hasn't gotten a whole lot of screen time in the last couple episodes.
2: (laughs) Hey, where's Meat Mountain there? You mean Meat what? Oh no, they (laughs) were calling him Meat Mountain last night. Okay, well I gotta go. You're not going anywhere, (laughs) Shane. Yeah, you need to come check this out, man. Igloo, hot dog igloo, you know that bit. But the whole time Stripper's shaking it in front of him. My goodness, where was this? The circus out in front of girls for you. You know, the lingerie modeling place by the interstate. Uh, no, I don't know, Carl. (laughs) Well, 20 bucks, 20 minutes. (laughs) One Friday, you and me, fry man. (laughs) Blow the lid off the joint! (laughs) Yeah! I don't think so, Carl. (laughs) What, you gay?
1: I'd like to point out for anybody who's watching along, at the end of the last clip, there's no image on the toy computer screen. Then once Carl comes in, there's a little chick on it, like a, a baby chicken randomly up on that uh, toy computer screen there anyways carl blows the lid off of shakes charade that he saw meatwad at the circus but as meatwad's turning into his various forms there are strippers next to him so in the mcp pants episode that's when we got the first hint of carl knowing about this seedy underbelly of the city where this kind of stuff happens and here again he knows specific places he's like yeah it's here right next to you know wherever by the interstate where where there's uh models and strippers and all that kind of stuff so more insight into carl's character he he invites frylock to go with him sometime and then when frylock declines he's like oh what are you gay which you know of course if a if a straight man doesn't want to go to a strip club or or a lingerie modeling place then obviously must be gay right shake butts into this conversation asking for some computer help so let's check that out returning back to this scene
0: Look, before you guys get too involved, can you tell me how do I buy stocks? Is it the chicken or the piggy? <laughs> you sold Meatwad to the circus, didn't you? Every day I buy and sell people like you. <laughs> but no, I did not do that. But based on what I'm hearing here, someone may have. <laughs> how much, Shake? Two. Two, Two what? Two dollars. What? What's wrong with that?
1: Yeah, we saw that Shake got $5 for Meatwad. I'm not sure if this is a discrepancy between the writing and the animation or if it's supposed to be Shake lying or potentially just Shake is stupid. He doesn't know that. He doesn't. He can't count his money. He doesn't know. But anyways, yeah, he says $2. And then that brings us to our next scene here where they go to the circus to see Meatwad, um, I assume, to break him out. And right away, we're greeted with the sign that says admission $2.50. So Shake is feeling ripped off here.
0: Fifty cents are they out of their mind
2: okay pony up shake well don't look at me
0: you got all those ones <laughs> where did you get that
2: look i don't work my ass off for 20 hours a week so i can just throw my <laughs> money away that's wasteful <laughs> these bills are strictly for me to kiss and put putting some strippers underwear so come on
1: they expect shake to pony up i assume either because he just deserves to for selling meatwad and that's why they're going Or because he's supposedly Mr. Moneybags, even though according to him, he only got $2. We then get into a dialogue about Carl having a bunch of ones for the strippers. Because again, he saw strippers here last time. So that's what he's expecting. That's why he came. And I want to point out that Carl has $5 in his hands. I assume the exact same $5 asset uh, image that they used when Randy paid Shake the money. In terms of visuals here, we have them sitting outside a blue circus tent They're just standing on dirt. We see some green grass intermittently throughout. There's the Meat Mountain sign out front, and then also the enter here, $2.50. And that's really all there is to say about it. So, going into the next scene, they just cut. They're just into the circus, so I don't know if they just snuck in, they broke in, or if Shake paid the money, which I don't think he has. So, I don't know how he would have done that. But your guess is as good as mine. So, yep. We're into the circus tent now to see the big Meat Mountain attraction.
2: And now, ladies (laughs) (laughs)
1: so real quick let me stop it here meatwad gets lowered from the ceiling and of course he's happy and, and the crowd is going crazy again this crowd from scooby-doo you can totally tell with the animation style what like that this is from that show and Funny thing is, when Meatwad jumps down from the little thing that lowers him, he has his shadow on the ground. You see the shadow move with him because it's all just one image asset. So, kind of funny to see like his shadow is like underneath him, regardless of where he is in space and time. Carl is upset. There's no uh, women dancing or anything. So, yeah, that, that's all that really happened there. A Real short clip. Let's jump back into this scene where they are discussing Meatwad and his uh, his his love. He's he's changing shapes. People are having a good time. They love it. What this-
0: Good, I can do that. I've done it. Oh yeah, then do it right now. I'm not gonna upstage my buddy out there, Delicious. but I could. Wow. And I will. The crowd is really
1: getting off <laughs> on
2: us. Well, I'm glad. I'm so happy for him. Where are the strippers? Oh no, another igloo. <laughs> Who could it be? How <laughs>
1: about Lotus? We get shaping his jealous self. And we get a nice shot of Frylock's Power Jewel on his back or Power Gem or whatever, which we haven't seen a whole lot of yet. I know we've seen it before at least once, but I think this might even be the second time. Don't quote me on that, but it's it's the first time in a long time and it hasn't really been shown much at all yet. The shake dialogue of him just saying, but I could and I will. That is definitely the kind of Aqua Teen humor that has stuck with me through all these years and definitely influences the kind of jokes that I make sometimes that honestly people don't laugh at, and it's upsetting. I'm sure if I was hanging with you guys, you might like that kind of humor, but people in real life not as receptive, and it, it bums me out. But you know what doesn't bum me out? Watching Meatwad get all this love and affection. Women are th- at the end. He, he changes back into an igloo, and women throw their bra, their panties at him, and he's just oh my god! Finally, Meatwad can shine. Real quick before I forget, I've never been to the circus before, and. Yeah, just, I don't know, I guess not particularly interested. Maybe if anybody has any good circus stories, let me know. But I feel like it's probably not as popular anymore as it used to be. I've been to carnivals, but not a circus. So, hmm, maybe maybe at some point, but who knows. Maybe when I have kids or something, that might be something to do. But all right, as we heard throughout those last two clips, Carl is angry. There's no strippers. Where are the strippers at? So in this next clip here... It's the next scene, and he is confronting Randy, asking where the strippers were at, because he feels ripped off.
2: Yeah, you the supervisor? Where were the strippers? Didn't need 'em. Me Mountain pulls in the crowd all by himself. Can you give me back my two fifty, because I ain't paying for something that happens every day on the hood of my car. <laughs> <you> take quarters. <laughs> Whoa, damn, buddy! Why'd you get that caught in the press? <laughs>
1: Not a whole lot to that scene, other than Carl just looks out of his mind, angry, yelling at Randy about this. And so I guess it kind of answered our question from earlier. That I guess Carl paid to get it himself. Um, yeah, he said he wants his two fifty back. And then as Randy goes to hand him the quarters, Carl makes a comment about Randy's long appendage that he's using to hand him the quarters. And that's when Randy hits Carl in the face, knocks him out. For me personally, I feel like 250 isn't enough to be worth, like, going and complaining about. Because he get, he did get to see the show. He saw the circus show. So, you know, like, really, you're going to go and cause a scene for 250 now after that? But whatever. Anyways, in this next clip here, Shake comes up. He's talking to Randy. He is high on the atmosphere of the circus, and he wants in on it. He wants to be the star, the center of attention. Again, something that they're finally touching on. They touched on in the last episode, Bad Replicant where he like wanted to be in movies and now we see him here he wants to be center of attention at the circus
0: hey randy you know i can do weird things too i didn't know that's what you're looking for look look at this oh no i was hideously born this way
2: Uh, (laughs) milkshake Uh, people see another food item and start saying i'm one note oh no
0: no no look i'm more than that i i have weird skills i'm from space
2: all right Go suit up. Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> so all Shake does here is he just crosses his eyes. That's it. That's his weird power. And yeah, I mean, Randy has a point. He doesn't want to just be all food items, even though I don't know what else he really has in the circus. You think the more the merrier he would want as much as he can get. Maybe he can bundle him with Meatwad to do weird stuff. But anyways, all it takes is Shake saying, but I'm from space and Randy believes it, which coming up later, um, Doesn't really make sense because I guess, spoiler alert, Randy is from space. So, you know, why would that really blow his mind? But yeah, Shake runs off and now he gets to be in the circus because he went and talked his way in there. Kind of kind of weird because Randy was like, hey, Milkshake, you ever think of being in the circus? And he's like, no. But now when Shake wants to be, Randy's like, oh, I don't know. But I guess in the context of that scene when Randy said it, he was just kind of picking on Shake And now when it actually comes down to business, he had second thoughts. But anyways, like I said, shakes in the circus. Let's check it out.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, the amazing Martian milkshake.
0: Hey, 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 fun time goofing off Martian style. Waka, waka. And
2: his amazing third eye. Yes. That can also see the future.
0: He's right. I see all of you. And you're all going to die.
1: Shake just has a a third eye taped onto his head, visibly taped on, and it's not even straight. doesn't look real at all, clearly fake. And this is the lamest circus act ever. I don't know why Randy would let him run out, like, on the spot. You would think if he's like, hey, can I be in the circus? Randy would be like, sure, we'll develop an act for you. We'll do something. But he literally just let Shake go out there and wing it with, with an eye taped onto his face. Randy also improvising, saying the third eye can see the future. Great future telling from Shake, just saying you're all gonna die at some point. Kind of reminds me of later in the show when we see Meatwad watching a kids' television show. They're like, "This is your left, that's your left." I mean, I'm sure you guys know the song, and then it just goes, "You're gonna die." That, that's kind of uh, the vibes I got from that. But yeah, I mean, Shake's he's he's not wrong. At some point, everyone in that room will die. <laughs> so yeah, but that's not enough. That's not really worth paying to see. You don't need some. You don't need a, a circus act to tell you that we all kind of know it. So to avoid thinking about death any longer, let's jump to our next clip where we have Meatwad and Randy behind the circus uh, performing area, I guess, behind the, the seating, the the bleachers, and Meatwad's just kind of giving him his thoughts.
2: Robert, from sports? Yeah, I know, little <laughs> <laughs> guy. Because I'm the prince of Jupiter. You are not a told me, Bob. See, years ago, my dad sent me down here to conquer your species by infiltrating your gene pool you know what i mean <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> well, when a no. man and a woman love each other physically outside of a bar World bar. <laughs>
1: god i love that clip he's, he's just trying to explain sex to a complete uh ignorant child basically anyways a lot of insight into randy here so he is the prince of jupiter And he is on a specific mission to take over the Earth by impregnating Earth's women, which, as you can imagine, he's having a hard time doing um, with the way that he looks. Everyone is repulsed by him. But he just owns a circus now, so clearly he wasn't successful at all with that. And kind of touching on notes from the previous episode, Bad Replicant, where the Plutonians were trying to take over the Earth. They're trying to de-terraform it with an army of clones. Similarly, we see the uh, Jupiter or whatever. I don't know what they're called. These, these monsters from Jupiter, they're on a similar mission, although equally as unsuccessful. While this is going on, Shake is still out performing and bombing. Nobody's enjoying it. And normally I wouldn't play this clip, but I think it's just funny. We hear Shake just trying to entertain people and just how lame it is. So I'll just play the clip. This is Shake back out performing for the crowd who are not having it.
0: I predict that some of you, smoke. Right. Yes. I know you. I saw you out
1: front. Yeah, he's he's just failing miserably and I like that he he saw somebody smoking so he's like some of you smoke, which first of all, even if he didn't see somebody smoking, is a pretty good guess. And then but the fact that he saw somebody specifically, so he was just using knowledge he already had to try and seem like he knew this special information, like he somehow had some supernatural tethered to the other side where he could know that some of the people smoke. Anyways, we go back behind the bleachers where Meatwad and Randy are, are still having their conversation. And I enjoy that they're kind of cutting between scenes here. They're giving us a little bit at a time. It's not all at once. Look, just forget about the
2: bar. one of
3: those bars burned down, just
2: <laughs> <you> forget it. <laughs> so did you do it? I talking. It's <laughs> normal to you, meat, man. Well, Women love it when you whip these out at them. <laughs>
1: God. So Randy drops his uh, ringleader outfit. I should have mentioned he was wearing that. That's my bad. Yeah, he, he was dressed as the ringleader of a circus. Just a typical costume you would see on a ringleader. And we see his full nude body. I'm sure you guys have seen Randy. It's hard to kind of describe, but he has like nubs where you would expect arms to be. There's nothing there. He has a bunch of legs. And then underneath him and underneath his long tentacle that he mainly uses for locomotion we see, I can best describe it as, like, imagine an orange, an unpeeled orange. It's like that, but brown underneath them. It's just really grotesque. They did an amazing job making a really disgusting-looking creature that's, you know, its its mission is to breed with the women of Earth, but it's never going to be able to do that looking like this. Although, maybe, I don't know, maybe with the internet, he could find somebody who's into that. I don't know. Anyways, Meatwad has a really sweet speech for Randy, and this is... Really reminiscent of the second episode of the show, Escape from Lepricopolis, where Meatwad gives this touching speech in the forest where there's music playing and animals come up and stuff. This is really similar to that. So the first time we've seen that in like 10 episodes where they pull a move like this from Meatwad. So let's listen to Meatwad's heartfelt speech to Randy.
3: Listen to me, Randy. It doesn't matter what you look like on the outside, whether you're white or black. Or Sasquatch, even. As long as you follow your dream, no matter how crazy or against the law it is. Except for Sasquatch. If you're Sasquatch, the rules are different. Forget it,
2: Meatwad. <laughs> I'm a circus freak. That's all I'll ever be. Whatever.
1: <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, Meatwad quickly gives up on that, which is surprising. That doesn't really seem to be in his, in his nature, but it's funny nonetheless. And I like the little segment about Sasquatch, because when you're Sasquatch, the rules are different. (laughs) I want to point out Randy has some sort of circle indent on his head. It's hard to describe, but I want to point it out because it's interesting that they put it there. It wasn't really necessary. I don't know what it's supposed to be, but it's some sort of circle thing on the top of his head. Normally, it's covered by a hat. So this is our first time seeing it, I think. While this is going on, Shake is still out there bombing, having a hard time. And he's somehow cut his finger and he's complaining about it. So let's jump back to Shake. He's ruining the show. The circus seems like a bad time. I don't know why anybody's staying here. I got my finger. Now I'm not going to do any tricks because this happened. <laughs> what? You're the monsters. So yeah, Shake is just like, oh, I would do some tricks, but now I won't because of my finger and you're all being mean to me. When I first started working at Target because of opening boxes all day and being new to that, it really messed up. Um, I didn't well I, I would cut my fingers a lot, but it really messed up my I think what is it called cuticles um, for some reason those were just like really raw and tender. that sounds weird and like gross to say. It wasn't that gross in real life, but um yeah, just my fingers were really messed up when I first started working there and I remember I, I was cooking something with jalapenos and the jalapeno juice got in my finger wounds. Um, they weren't like open wounds, this is, which is why I'm surprised that it hurt. But any yeah, whatever was go- going on with my fingers, it really affected them. And so my fingers are like burning. It's awful. It's one of the like worst pains. Might, they're just stinging. And then stupid me somehow touches my eye. So my eyes are burning. My fingers are burning. I remember my fiance just had to uh, give me milk to put my fingers in. And I'm like putting milk on my eyeballs and stuff, <laughs> trying to stop the jalapeno from stinging me. So... Yeah, when I see Shake with his cut finger, it immediately makes me think of that. I hope you guys hope you guys enjoy the image of me <laughs> pouring milk in my eyeballs. Good time. Anywho, the show is over now, and we have Randy giving Shake the news that it's not really working out. He's not fulfilling the needs of the circus. He's not entertaining anybody. So let's hear that professional discussion that they're about to have.
2: Look, I just don't... I think it's working out. Mm, I predict you will rethink
0: this decision. How? Uh, <laughs> part of the issue is that I'm not being promoted right or laughed at enough. Part of the issue
2: <laughs> is that you're a dud.
0: I think your marketing department is the dud. Where's my poster, huh?
2: Right above your head there, buddy. Wait, don't
0: go. <laughs> what about a beard under my eyes? Whoa, you little runts.
1: Shake blaming his failures on the marketing, which is hilarious. I come from a music background where, you know, the artist is basically just as responsible for the marketing of the music as the record label. So just imagining blaming the record label. You're not marketing me right. And also nobody's listening to my music or nobody likes my music. That's just like such a hilarious conversation to try and have. And that's exactly what Shake is doing here. It's not his fault. Nobody thinks he's funny. He's not being marketed properly. And no one's laughing at him. And that, that's not his fault. But yeah, yeah, Randy just hits the third eye right off of Shake's face. And then it's revealed that Shake is chained up to a wooden structure that says try to kill the Martian milkshake. And it says 25 cents and it originally was 35 cents. But we can see with red spray paint, the black three was crossed out and a two was written next to it. So it's only a quarter to try and kill Master Shake. Uh, I'm not sure really what that entails, how, how you're allowed to try and do that if you just throw stuff at him. But we do see some beer bottles fly at shake and then we hear a child's laughter that reminds me of the laughter you'll hear in Roller Coaster Tycoon. I wonder if it's even the same audio file. And you know what, guys? Since we didn't even do an episode in October of 2002, we didn't get to talk about Roller Coaster Tycoon 2 came out that month. Oh, man. Now that I talk about Roller Coaster Tycoon, as soon as I have some free time, which I don't know when that will be, but I kind of want to play. There's a really cool free thing you can download called open rct2 which if you have Rollercoaster tycoon on your computer officially like, like through steam you can it like modernizes it and it also lets you play it multiplayer with other people you all build a park together it's a good time Rollercoaster tycoon what a series but yeah i guess my point is it did come out around this time so uh the original came out in 99 i think so it would make sense that they would be pulling maybe from similar audio files found th- through these sound packages and whatnot Anyways, I could easily go on about Roller Coaster Tycoon forever here because I loved this game to death around this time period. So let's move on to our next clip. Meatwad is showing Inside Out Boy, so we can see they've kind of become friends. He's showing Inside Out Boy his new shape, which is President Lincoln holding a samurai sword or a katana. And they kind of joke on it in the clip, so it's hard for you to really know what's going on without seeing it. But just bear with me. Yeah, he's supposed to It's clearly President Lincoln with a samurai sword, but they act like it's somebody else.
3: Check out my new shape. It's a little weird, but I think you're gonna like it. Not, wrong, you know. Samurai Lincoln, what are you smoking?
2: Ah, that's a fine Wayne Gretzky.
3: <laughs> well, I wanted to kill off the hockey season just right. <laughs> Wait a
2: oh! What's wrong? Oh no, something snapped in me. I'm stuck. The Midnight Show is sold out. What am I going to do?
1: So it's supposed to be Wayne Gretzky, according to Meatwad, and Randy, uh, who is a very, very famous hockey player. Probably the most famous hockey player of all time. I mean, I know who he is, and I know nothing about hockey. And I like that Inside Out Boy correctly identifies who it really is, is, is a samurai Abraham Lincoln. But as Meatwad is holding this shape, we see Lincoln's back start to move, and then we hear the crack, and that's Meatwad kind of hurting himself, and he can't change forms anymore. He's stuck like this. Which, of course, freaks Randy out because Meatwad is a huge draw for him right now. So he's like, you know, the Midnight Show is sold out, which a Midnight Circus show? Is that a thing? I don't know. But yeah, it's sold out, and he has to figure out something to do because his main attraction can't perform. And Randy's solution to this is Master Shake wearing a giant Meatwad costume on his head, basically. It's just a giant Meatwad around Shake's upper body. So this is going to go exactly how you expect it. Let's check it out. Hey!
2: properly let alone read what's that and now the amazing arctic igloo what
0: yeah turn into that igloo. take your tumble
2: carl yes where is that milkshake well
0: i got look at the amazing milkshake with the bearded eyes
1: wow (laughs) so shake just zipping it off as you can hear at the last second and we see it's just him with some beards under his eyes. When he has the costume on, it's funny because his straw is sticking out the top, and we see this This costume is just poorly constructed, and we see his straw sticking out the top, like I said, outside of the zipper. It's just all zipped together and stuff. Just a really bad costume. And, and he's kind of being mean to Meatwad. He's like, oh, I'm stupid as hell. I can't even read properly, all this stuff. So, of course, the crowd doesn't like it. Kind of weird. You hear Frylock and Carl are, are there. I don't know why they came back. Why would Carl come back if he was trying to get a refund? And, you know, because this is supposed to be hours later. Or maybe this is all in the same setting. It is. So what I'm tripped up with here is, like, Meatwad already performed. Why would he go back out? Or why was he expected to go back out? People already saw him perform. So I don't know. I'm just left kind of clueless on where, what time this is all taking space in right now. Because a lot has kind of gone on. And again, Randy said, oh, the Midnight Show is sold out. So that made me think this was the Midnight Show. But anyways, obviously... You can only analyze Aqua Teen Hunger Force so much. It's a big disaster here. Shake cannot do any of Miwad's tricks, obviously. So Randy has to take matters into his own hands. Step
2: aside. I should have done this a long time ago. Fall down before me, Earth slaves! Way to go, son. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. I'm weeping acid. Collect your women for infiltration. <laughs> yes, sir. Slaves, up at your master. Feel his control. I did it. Get my dad. We did it together, so.
1: <laughs> Absolute chaos. I, again, I assume you guys have seen this episode. So apologies if you haven't and you have no idea what's going on. Basically, Randy runs out there and kind of alien style. If you've seen the film Alien, um, his tongue sticks out and there's a little mouth on it. It starts talking. He says, bow down before me, earth slaves. And then in the audience, everyone's stunned. Everyone's like shocked. Their mouths are all dropped. Uh, in the audience, we see a bigger version of him with, with like horns and stuff fly up and says, way to go, son. And he, he's wearing like a cargo shirt. It's a pretty funny look on him, like a good dad style on Randy's dad here, even though he's a menacing alien. He says, I- I'm so proud of you. I'm weeping acid. And then he comes down um, into the circus performing area with Randy and they just say, collect your women for infiltration. Yes, Earth slaves. And yeah, I mean, you guys heard it and we see everyone's freaking out and then we get a shot outside of the circus where there's a big fire and there's helicopters in the sky. We hear gunshots and stuff. So things go from zero to a hundred instantly in this this like 10 second clip. It's, it's just insane how quickly this episode gets turned on his head. But of course, you know, we kind of knew it was coming, and that that's an Aqua Teen theme that we've touched on before, where something seems kind of harmless at first, but then you find out it's not. So here we really see that, I, I guess we haven't actually seen Randy and his dad do anything, but it's implied that some bad shit's going down after the whole time. He's just trying to run a circus, and he's a pretty boring businessman. And this music you guys will have heard before if you're a fan of Space Ghost, and also later in the show when we see these brain creatures in the episode where Meatwad gets the job at the car wash. This is the same music, and voicing Randy's dad, I'm pretty sure, is Dave Willis. It sounds just like him. And also, I want to point out there's this, there's this clapping sound we hear. We see his two little tentacles clapping as he's flying over to Randy. So that's about all I can think of saying for that scene. And then, yeah, to the end of the episode, we're just debriefing at the pool. Uh, you know, everyone got out safe in terms of all the Aqua Teens. It's just crazy how quickly this episode has been turned on its head. And I I can just see Matt and Dave now like, oh, fuck, man, we have to wrap this up. We need to have something happen quick because we're running out of time. I'm sure up to them, the episode would have been longer. More would have happened to get up to this point. But at the same time, I think it's just executed masterfully. It is abrupt, but I, I that, that's humorous to me, and it's just great that we got such an insane scene after, again, it was a pretty tame episode, all things considered. We kept getting hints of danger, but never saw it until now. But anyways, yes, we're back at the pool, debriefing our classic Aqua Teen Closer.
3: And I'll tell you something else, Frelock. I did not see one computer in that old camp. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> Say, have you noticed the Indian burial ground that's coming up through our drain again?
3: No, that's inside out, boy. He just needs a place to crash for a couple of days. Ooh,
0: I just ate a whole bathtub full of cherry cobbler. It was delicious. You're jerking, right? No, I'm not. No!
1: And that's the episode that is Circus. Inside Out Boy moved in with Meatwad. He just needed to crash there a couple days, which you think Meatwad would ask and or, you know, tell them about. But regardless... Yeah, uh, Inside Out Boy was chilling out in the bathtub where he lived, and Shake ate him. I want to point out, visually, while they're in the pool, Meatwad is still in the Abraham Lincoln samurai form. So he, he's still stuck there, but obviously that's not really touched on again. So, But I, I thought that was a nice touch. I mean, they made that asset for this episode. I think we see it again later on, but yeah, they made it here for the first time, or at least they unveiled it. So it, it makes sense they'd want to bring it back. And just funny, you know, it's just continuity. Meatwad still stuck that way. Also, Shake has a bunch of red on his mouth, which is just really fucking disgusting if you think about it. <laughs> Shake just ate a person. <laughs> oh my god. Anybody who's watching along, I just want to point out, I can't leave you guys without one last little visual glitch here. When Meatwad gives his first line about, yeah, I didn't see a, a, a computer in that entire camp, which is funny. He still thought it was a computer camp. Um, after he says that line, his mouth just stays open. So... Either somebody messed up a keyframe or what. It's just strange. I've never really seen that before on Meatwad, where his mouth just stays open, but he's not saying anything. So if you watch the episode, keep an eye out for that. And also, if you're at someone's house or even your own house and you think there's cherry cobbler in the bathtub, maybe you should ask first. But all right, guys, Circus. Love this episode. I mean, really one of the great season one episodes, I think. Randy as a character is great. And I really wonder if they wanted to get someone else to voice Randy that that last minute went with Matt Malero. I don't know. It's, it's a good question. Um, Because it seems, especially in this first season, they're really getting a lot of guest stars. And this seems like they would have wanted somebody else for that. But regardless, Matt kills it. I think he does a great job. I love Randy's delivery and just how humorous the character is with his jaded way of speaking. He's just like this jaded circus owner. It's just really funny. Yeah, really, really, really love this episode. One of my favorites. I got to give it five Wayne Gretzky's out of five. Yes, five out of five on this one. I can't think of anything wrong with it. Uh, Again, I, I really appreciate now having kind of studied it for this podcast. How just quickly it just like turns on its head at the very end there. And yeah, but it doesn't feel rushed. It all flows well. And we're getting some cuts between scenes when, you know, we have like the meat wad and Randy talking at the same time that Shake is, you know, bombing out there. And just back to the beginning of the episode, how quickly we just get pushed into the bulk of the episode that there's just not a wait a second. These guys are firing on all cylinders. And, you know, it's, it's really going to stay that way, I think, for <laughs> a long time while we cover this show. So I really look forward to it. Of course, thank you guys for listening. If you want to get in contact with me, check the show notes. All sorts of ways to do it. Twitter, Instagram, email if you got one of those doohickeys. I'm on everything there. So yes, guys, thank you for listening. And next week, we'll be talking about Season 1, Episode 13, Love Mummy. And real quick, okay, I have to point this out. So I'm going in the order that it aired, and Season 1 is really messed up. I don't think we run into this in Season 2, but so... If you have the DVD or whatever, the, this isn't the official 13th episode. But uh, yeah, the, in the order that they aired, it is. So yes, love mummy. See you then, guys. Have a good week. Bye-bye.
0: I just ate a whole bathtub full of cherry cobbler. It was delicious. You're then Ralph. No, I'm not.